welcome to the latest edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. What a few days it's been and what a week it has been in general. Barry, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you, Si. Hope you're well yourself. Not too bad, not too bad. Paul, yourself? Yeah, good, good. Always nice after a couple of wins. And Adam? Excellent, right then, let's dive straight into the first game, which, well, the only game that we've got to look at, the Plymouth game. And on the back of a, a great win at the weekend, it's you're only as good as your last result, aren't you, Barry? I have to say, we're very good, <laughs> after those two anyway. Absolutely. Well, possession was pretty even. Plymouth surprisingly had more shots than ourselves, even on target. Corners split pretty even. We committed a few more fouls yesterday, but what mattered was the score. At half-time, we were 2-0 up, and it finished Plymouth-Argyle nil, Wigan Athletic 2. Before we dissect the game, let's just have a look at the, the, the lineup because obviously we knew Wooten was ineligible, so Johnson dropped into that centre-back position. But there was a surprise inclusion, I think, which caught many out. I did spot on uh, Instagram yesterday that Lee Evans was in Plymouth. And I've been meaning to ring you all day yesterday, Barry, saying Lee Evans is in Plymouth. But for one reason or another, didn't. The inclusion of Lee, I think, was pivotal in definitely the first goal, wasn't it, Barry? Absolutely. Um, just going back to your, your point about him being in Plymouth, I actually heard last week that he was going to be on, on the bench for this game. So it was a surprise that he started, but it wasn't a surprise that he was there. But, oh, what a pass that was up, up to Dariqua from the halfway line, right to the, you know, over the top. Fantastic. What a ball. I thought he was awesome yesterday, Lee Evans. Awesome. Considering he's been out since... Um, December. Brilliant. And I don't know if you're going to talk about his interview after. If you are, well, I'll leave it. But what an interview that were after the game as well. Yeah, that's something we'll come to. But first of all, let's uh, rejoice in the fact that, you know, we won uh, and took the lead on the 13th minute through Viv Solomon Otterbor. I know you just alluded to uh, Evans was involved in, in the build up to that. And it was not a bad first time finish from uh, Viv yesterday. And it's, it's always important, isn't it, Paul, to, for players, attacking players to get that first goal to, to settle them? Because you, you can go on for a while, can't you, thinking, I've not scored, I've not scored, and then you get that goal and then it may lead to other bigger things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, sometimes, I, I mean, what you've got to remember is that these individuals will be perfectly aware of, where, of how long they've been without scoring and, you know, Fans may or may not pick up on it, but the you know the player themselves know exactly what they're there to do and what they've not, what they feel they've not done. I, I mean, you're looking at, at fairly sort of complete team performances, aren't you? And the comments around the performances being good, but the results not being good. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, and you know it can turn around fast. We've seen it before. And it appears that, you know, we just keep it going and we're laughing. Adam, someone who's, who plays in a, well, James Jones plays in a, a position where you get it wrong, you're the talk of the town, you get it right, you're the talk of the town. Pretty much an unsung hero. <clears throat> Had an absolutely fantastic game for me last night. He kept Jeff Cotts um, quiet. And I'd mentioned them in, in, in my article that I did. 
after he linked up well with Ennis with his chest down, he hit a thundering volley. Jamie Jones yesterday, different class, wasn't he? To be fair to him, yeah. He, I mean, I, obviously, you know that I've always liked him for what he's done for Wigan Athletic. Um, I would say, is he in credit this season? Maybe just he's in credit. And certainly the last three or four games, he hasn't put a foot wrong for me. You know, he's been dominating his box, been very assured. And, you know, some of the saves he makes, I mean, eat your heart at Gordon Banks for me. What, what a goalkeeper. What a goalkeeper. And, but also as well, what's helping him, I think, um, you know, there's been the odd change in the back four, but, it, you know, we went through a spell where, you know, you could easily change the full back four week in, week out. It's not easy for a goalkeeper and he's getting used to working with Tilt's been there now for five or six games, hasn't he? Derica the same, Robinson the same. And it's only been that other centre-back position that's just rotated because obviously Wotton was uh, uh, obviously under the terms of his law and he couldn't play. So I think that's helped him, the continuity. They all seem to be working better as a team. And, you know, one week on, it looks like Derika and Tilt are not running into each other anymore as well. So they're, they're all learning, aren't they, as they go along? Well, there is that. Um, I want to say that there was a, an attempt from Conor Grant, which looked all day long that it was going in. And Jones brilliantly um, knocked it onto the post and nothing came of it. Flip side, the, the Plymouth Argyle keeper for me, Michael Cooper, did well to keep the game a low-scoring game because there were some attempts. Callum Lang had a great opportunity, didn't he, in the first half. Viv Solomotabo, he, he probably saw his names on the back pages of the Evening Post. He, uh, he fired one over. Um, for me, where it might have been a bit easier to put it in the back of the net. But that's where the confidence was coming from and the... You could see the team growing and growing and growing. Then Curtis Tilt on 32 minutes decided, you know what, I'll put us two to the good with a deaf near post header. Barry, talk us through it. I think I already have talked us through it, but you talked through <laughs> it a bit more. Yeah, 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 you have. You have there. Oh, what a goal it was, Si. Yeah, you're correct. I mean, Massey involved again, though, uh, after laying on. Otterbar's goal, he, he, he got the ball and knocked it back for Dariqua. We were to cracking first time crossing to the box, and that header. I mean, good grief! I've heard uh, that Law kept the players behind and give them a right rollicking, saying they were at fault for the two goals, but they, they, they were. They were fantastic goals. They were really good goals from unexpected quarters, shall we say that? You know, and they all need to chip in, don't they? Not just the strikers, and it's good to see it. Absolutely, yeah. And it's important going as in, you know, I've spoken about Jamie Jones already. But important going forward is defending at the back. And Jones, again, in the second half, two great saves, if, if not more. Really, really kept us in that game. But Plymouth started to pile on a bit of pressure, didn't they, Adam, towards the end? It was good to see the lads stand firm. For me, Luke Robinson, absolutely outstanding once again. Looked like a left-back who'd been playing that level of football for, for many, many a year. Here's one for you. Lee Evans, best centre midfielder in the league. Tough one, that. I mean, there are there are a few decent decent players. I think Honeyman's a decent one at Hull. I mean, thingy, what's his name at, at Sunderland? I know he's getting on a bit, but Ledbetter's a good player. But he doesn't look out of place in the Championship, does he, Lee Evans? So that would that would like you know indicate that he is a, a step above this level. Um, I know he never quite hundred percent was in every week, but he had spells in the Championship where he was very good. I particularly remember that running. 
in Paul, uh, the first season back in the Championship in the last sort of 10 to 12 games where he, he played a bit more advanced then, actually, and he was really good. If he's not the best, I think he's, he's certainly in the top five. And for a side who are in the bottom five, it's not bad having, having a player of the quality, you know, in the... And do you know what? The, the other... You just said Robinson. I wanted, I'm glad you mentioned him because I, he was very deserving of a mention in a side that looked very, very polished going forward yesterday. And you've mentioned the goalkeeper as well. I thought Robinson was absolutely superb. A couple of those tackles that he made. I mean, the timing of them was unbelievable. Superb. I think I'm really impressed with Robinson. Really pleased that he's doing well. Well, just talk about Robinson. There was one that he made back in his own area, wasn't there? If Harry Maguire, John Terry, all, all the greats had made that challenge, they'd be waxing lyrical on match of the day. Absolutely timed to perfection, won the ball, took it away. A lad playing above his years there. And long mate continuing the blue and white of Wigan Athletic. Yeah, let's, let's hope that he doesn't compare to John Terry off the field. <laughs> uh, Barry, I'm going to ask you this one because I know if I ask the two happy clappers... I know what answer they're going to give. Are we going to stay up? With every chance now, haven't we? If we can keep that team fit, if we can build Lee Evans' fitness, because about the 60th minute, he were blowing really hard. So obviously, it's going to come, his fitness. Keep massive fit. I think he's peaking now. Very important place for us. With every chance, haven't we? With every chance of stopping up. If I was a betting man, I, I'm not. I'd probably say, anyway, bottles to it, yeah. We're stopping up, absolutely. Let's believe we're stopping up. That's how you stop up, by believing. Are we stopping up? Of course we're stopping up. We're going to stay up, and we're going to stay up comfortably. We'll play Swindon on the last day of the season at home. Will we need the three points? No. What we'll do, we'll put rest of kids in and give them a run out. We'll see how other teams like it. We're stopping up. And do you know what will be great, Barry? When we put those kids in against Swindon on the last day of the season, and they just run amok. Sean McGurk, Attrick, yeah. um, you know, Paul... I'm just, I know you say you're going to, we're going to stay up. I'm not asking you that question. Two wins on the bounce, how important is that? Going into a game um, against the team? Yeah, I think, I think the key is it, it's a conversion of those performances that we saw two or three weeks ago um, into points. And, you know, when, when you tried stitching me up by getting me to ask Callum Lang and Dan Gardner if we were stopping up, and I refused to because I said we were stopping up, can I jump in to give you yeah, a little bit of praise? Because three weeks ago, you said, get this takeover done and you'll see a change. Saturday morning, the news filtered through that the takeover was happening and that change happened. And we got, we've had two positive results. So well said, sir, for making that point. Yeah, again, and, and you know, I'll go back to last season. The signs of positivity were there from the performances. The thing with something like the takeover going through or, or even people thinking it's going through is it gives you a genuine boost to your morale that you just can't pretend to have or manufacture. It's one of the key strengths that Alex Ferguson had. Every game mattered like the Manchester derby or like they were playing Liverpool. And he got that into his players' heads. And it, you can't, you know, do you remember when we did them meet and greets and we changed the mentality in the dressing room? Sometimes these things just have to happen and they produce, you know, I, the, my favourite go-to is if I, if I drew two lines on the floor and said, I want you to jump from there to there and you jump it, but it actually, if that was jump from there to there and there's a bloody big hole in between, 
exact same distance, you would be doubting yourself and and worrying and all sorts. So that there's, you know, even though you know you can do it, having something that says right, positive, we're off, we're going. You just can't manufacture it. I don't think that there's any doubt whatsoever that we'll stop up now. The com- the belief you get from converting those performances will lead to more performances. And, you know, players of the quality of Lee Evans um, coming back and Gavin Massey coming back, that just adds to it. It does indeed, yeah. It's going to be interesting this weekend because obviously we don't play because uh, Sunderland are in the um, Papa John's Trophy final. And teams below us, we're outside the relegation zone, which is brilliant. Absolute morale booster. I've not had a look at the fixtures. I will I will research them while we have a discussion on this. We've played the same games as Northampton, Swindon and Rochdale. We are five above Rochdale, two above Swindon and one above Northampton. The, the fourth team to make up is AFC Wimbledon. They've got two games in hand. They're on 30 points and they lie 23rd. Barry... We have an eye on the, the games on Saturday. Swindon host Gillingham. Northampton travel to Doncaster. And Bristol Rovers host Wimbledon. That's a massive game, isn't it? It's a massive game for Wimbledon, that. Because if they lose that and they've got us on Tuesday and they don't beat us, then, you know, they're in a, in a lot of trouble. And looking at their form since January, it's, it's been quite poor. They've got a, a, a good couple of fixtures here where you know they'd be open to pick some points up. So that is definitely something. I think Swindon are awful. We know they're awful. There's a lot of turmoil at the club. Gillingham under Steve Evans, you never know what you're going to get. So best case scenario for me would be Gillingham to beat Swindon and you know what, Bristol Rovers to beat Wimbledon, I'd say. Well, that's interesting, Adam, because if if Bristol Rovers beat Wimbledon, that'll take Bristol Rovers on to 36 points. Obviously, three players of ourselves. Shrewsbury um, and MK Dons are both on 41 and 42 points, respectively. Are those two teams still in the relegation battle, or is it between Burton, Bristol, ourselves, Northampton, Swindon, Wimbledon and Rochdale? Well, I would go so far to say, I think Shrewsbury, did Shrewsbury get a result last night? Just remind me. Yeah. Well, the yeah, last game did. to win. Yeah, yeah. So Shrewsbury won. Uh, I think they've got enough, definitely. I think NK Dons will get will have enough as well. They're not going to get sucked into it. And I actually don't put Burton in there anymore. I actually think, I, I just think that the, the run that they're on, we've seen it ourselves, haven't we, where, you know, we, we go on that run and... Uh, well, that, that's interesting because Burton played at Plough Lane last night and got, or what, Tuesday night, and got a 1-0 win there. That's what I'm saying, yeah, with them. I mean, we played them, didn't we? Was it the last game of the year, I think? That we played them, or it was very, very late in December, didn't we, that we played them. Beat them 4-3. Um, I think Hasselbank was in the stand that night. Most people would have looked at Burton then through about 10 points adrift and thought, no chance. Do you know what saved them this season? COVID. COVID gave them two weeks off. And I think that two weeks for them. I remember Hasselbank being on match of the day for an FA Cup game. And he was saying, yeah, we've got a two-week break and I'm confident that we're going to stay up. We've got enough here if I work with it. And since then, they've won seven out of eight. I, I, I don't see them coming back into the pitch. And I think that leaves us with four out of six, doesn't it? 
to be honest, we're better than the other all the other teams around us. I think we've got more quality. The only thing that could scupper us is the fact that we've got quite a few young players and players who've been inherently uh, susceptible to injury over the years. And that's the only thing that can scupper us if four or five of our players break down again. If we can keep most of our players fit, we are absolutely guaranteed to stay in this division. We're just miles better than the rest of them. Barry, that's interesting what Adam said. And he, he said, obviously, there's, there's going to be four from seven. Who would Six. Be, I said six. Sorry, four from six. Barry, who would be your four? Would it be the current four or can you see anyone else joining them? I think Northampton are, are like a, a dark horse down there because they've, they've put some good results together since they've changed the manager. So they'd be the, the ones I'd, I'd look out for. It looks like Rochdale will just collapse now, doesn't it? I mean, they've, they've fallen away. Yeah, I'd go, I'd, go, I'd go as it is. Wimbledon, Northampton, Swindon and Rochdale. Paul, anyone you'd change from that? MK Dons have, uh, are on a really bad run of form, but they just look too far away. Um, I, I mean, so long as we're not in there, rest becomes irrelevant, doesn't it? It, it was There was seven, but teams it was four from seven but it does look like Burton are starting to jump that gap and I think if we you know another win or two and we'll we'll be jumping the gap as well I'll tell you what Burton's got a tough game on Saturday though they're at Crew, who on the day are very very good that's going to be a tough game for them if, if Crew are on form and that might just throw the cap back amongst the pigeons you know depending how the results go otherwise but I do, I do tend to agree with Adam that you know, they've put that run together, seems to have pulled them well clear. And and they must be near the top of the farm table as well. They must be. Oh, yeah, they're, they're right at the top. Yeah. Um, I, I'm on flash scores. That's got the last five games. They've won the last five and they're the only team in the division to do so. Right. For yeah. me, the main reason that we will stay in this league is due to the belief and the spirit within the camp. To a man, they're all playing for the jersey. They're all wanting to win. Some will be here next season. You know, a lot won't. A lot are on short-term deals. But one thing that stood out for me, and it was it was hammered home today when when Barry called me, was Lee Evans when he spoke to Latics TV. And I'm just going to read out some quotes that are on the website. And it said, "I was delighted to be back out there. As everyone knows, it's been a tough season for me. I've been dis- as disappointed as anyone not to be able to help the team. Seeing the team struggling and not being able to help is tough." So I was just delighted to be back out there and get the win is the icing on the cake. It's been really tough and I all I wanted to do was play football for this football club ever since I signed here. At the Sunderland game, I knew after 10 minutes my knee was gone. But because I had been out for six or seven weeks before then, I thought I have to get through this. It's nice to be a part of it and get and to get a few wins to be back means the world to me. So, without saying it, Barry, how do you think that man feels about Wigan Athletic? Without saying it, I think there's a love coming through there. I said that to you this afternoon, Inter. You can feel the love. And he, he also said that he felt the finger had been pointed at himself and Gavin Massey, and that some people had doubted that they, they were actually injured. And he said nothing could be further from the truth, and he just wanted to get back and, and prove the doubters wrong. Lee Evans isn't somebody who charges around a football field. I, I put on Twitter last night that, for me, he was my man of the match, with all things considered. And somebody responded to that with like a really derogatory comment towards him, saying, yeah, what was that for? Not moving around, not putting any effort in. 
And I thought it was a ridiculous comment that he absolutely gave his all. He, he said in that interview, he's only had a couple of training sessions. He's been out since December, the beginning of December, has come back after a serious knee injury and put in a performance like he did last night. He was absolutely superb. After we had him on loan, he went to Sheffield United and then we managed to sign him again. He said he felt like he were coming home. And he's always spoke very highly about the club and the supporters. And he feels, you know, like this is home for him. It, it really came across to me, that interview. That spirit that he's got, is for me, he's running through the squad as well at this moment in time. And it's just fantastic to hear. And, and, we are, and if we do go down, which we won't, but if we do, there's not one of them players who should cop any flack at all. They've, I think they've all been brilliant, all been fantastic yeah, Lee Evans, I think I'm falling in love. Maybe it was the mutual love because obviously you must have heard from Adam. I think Adam's been sending him lots of love messages, hasn't he, over the last few years. So that's obviously going to help matters. But on a serious note, I was I said a couple of weeks ago about all this nonsense about Gavin Massey not trying and Ma- and Evans hiding and not wanting to come back. Do they not actually do people some people not actually realise coming back from injuries that you know, you don't just step onto a pitch and and become a world beater the first game back. I mean, Evans, to be fair, he's probably so far ahead that he can get... He's probably only playing 60% at the moment because he can't... You know, he's just coming back, he's feeling his way back. That Sunderland game, he was class. I can't believe he said he was injured. I thought he picked the, in, I thought he picked the injury up late on. I know he had a knock early, but I thought his main injury was late on. If he was playing with an injury, he played a bloody good game against one of the best midfields in the league. What I also like is some of the comments that Ash was uh, was making. Um, no, not Ash, sorry, Liam was making in his interview when he just said, Lee Evans, you know, you can tell he's back. You know, he doesn't, you can't shut him up. He's chirping away and... You know, that's the sort of, that's the thing you want. You know, you want that person who you could take the mick out of a bit, but you respect them. You know, you can take the mick out of them for being a talker. You know, I can definitely uh, relate to that. People take the mick out of me for being a talker, but hopefully people realise that Lee Evans is as important to Wigan Athletic as Adam Pendleberry is to this podcast. Well, uh, anyway, so the mood at the club is buzzing, bouncy. Bouncy. There'll be a preview podcast though out on Sunday. Who's joining the studio this week? It's myself and Paul this week. Unless the takeover gets announced, in which case we'll uh, all be of us. <laughs> yeah, I'm not be able to keep it up, rest of you off. There's nothing really else to talk about because obviously the takeover is is milling along. If you're Nathan Sinclair, you're constantly tweeting every man and his dog to find out what's going on. Uh, I do worry about the lad sometimes. I think I'm gonna have to go and remove his. Uh, internet-capable devices from his house. Can I just say one final thing? Because uh, I think it is important. It has been reported on Facebook, but I thought that I'd mention it. Is there's, um, there's a Wigan Athletic fan called Cliff Parr, aged 101, and the the Latics, the Latics gave him a shirt with 101. The reason I mentioned him is that he lived around the corner from my granddad's, good friend of my granddad. What I didn't realise, I didn't realise he was so old, 101, because I worked back, he used to fix my car about 21 years ago. <laughs> so he was actually under the body to my car, aged about uh, sort of 78, 79. So uh, if any of Cliff Parr's Latix family are listening to this, wish him uh, a belated happy 101st birthday and up 
the Century Club ticks. Indeed. Indeed. And on that note, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye from us. Goodbye from us. Goodbye from us.